listening to Spitball with Andrew Ballhawk Mellows and Marcus Innuendo Bingo Henson. Hello and welcome to this week two episode of Spitball. I'm your host, Adri Ballhawk Mallows, and joining me this week, as always, is Marcus Innuendo Bingo Henson. How are you, sir? I am good. How's Freshers Week now? You're not a fresher. I don't know yet, really, for me. It hasn't really started yet. Too much work. We shall see come Friday. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, let's get that out of the way. Week two of the NFL, my friend. Again, these weeks just seem to be galloping by. Are you ready to spit some ball? Yeah. <laughs> well, join us when we come back for our quick fire recap of the week two action. International Podcast Day is September 30th, and you can help spread the word. International Podcast Day is dedicated to promoting podcasting worldwide. You may be asking, what can I do to get involved? It's pretty simple. First, head over to internationalpodcastday.com and check the suggestions. Second, use hashtag podcast day to join in the conversation. Remember September 30th. Now, let's start the conversation. We come on now to our quickfire roundup of all of the week two action now. Marcus, trying to remember which one of us started this last week. I've got a feeling it may have been me. So this week, let's start with you. Shall we just get straight down to brass tacks? Let's do it. Rams, Redskins. Redskins, for me, they dominated the line of scrimmage with Matt Jones, rookie, and uh, Alfred Morris carving up nearly 200 rushing yards. Too easy for them at the end of the day, and they came out winners 24-10. to Going to go back now to the Thursday night game between Denver and Kansas. What can I say about this game? Well, Manning had another slow start, but managed to finish with three passing touchdowns and surpassed the 70,000-yard career passing mark, taking him up there with the one and only Brett Favre. Two uncharacteristic fumbles from Jamal Charles. Still no sign of touchdowns for wide receivers in Kansas. That was the 31-24 Denver, Kansas score. 49ers versus Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, here today, the Steelers' defense actually decided to show up for a change, and the offense was on fire with six touchdowns. Five sacks on Kaepernick means that the 49ers slumped to 1-1 with a 13-43 loss. Come now to the New England versus Buffalo game, and for me... Although I am one of the most hardcorest of Buffalo fans, I like to think anyway. School was very flattering to Buffalo, 40-32 to New England in the end. Brady, Edelman, Gronk, even their new running back Lewis just ran wild on the Bills' defence. Brady had 466 yards. Big injury to Aaron Williams, and I'm hoping he's going to get well soon, buddy. Uh, and that was the game in Ralph Wilson. We come on to now, Falcons versus Giants. Now, 14 fourth quarter points helps the Falcons to rally and the Giants, they go throw away another lead for the second week in a row. And that seemed to be the, the matchup that it was. Eli Manning on very poor form, leading to Atlanta being able to come in and sneak this away from them. Atlanta wins 24 to 20. We get to the Houston versus Carolina game now. And for me, we saw the return of Supercam. There was an amazing rushing touchdown where he managed to do a front forward flip as he was getting hit. Somehow managed to get to his feet. Didn't quite stick the landing. So I'm only going to give him an 8.5 out of 10 for that one. But that offense showed up. Houston again, what's going on? Such a great, (laughs) great team. But who knows what's going to happen there? Keekly missing, but it didn't seem to slow down the uh, Carolina defense. 
Dolphins at Jaguars. Now, Bortles to Robinson. That's connection of the day for two touchdowns and a fumble deep in Miami territory late in the in the fourth quarter and a field goal with seconds on the clock. Gave Jaguars their first win of the season. Well deserved. They look well coached and I think they're going to do well down there. And they came away with a win 23 to 20. This next roundup is going to be really quick because it was Arizona versus the Bears. Ah! From Chicago, final score in this one was 48-23 to Arizona. What can I say about this one? A resurgence of Larry Fitzgerald with three touchdowns. Jay Cutler got injured, probably be out for a couple of weeks, and Chicago got hammered, and not in a good way. Ravens versus the Raiders. Now, this was a bit of a punch-for-punch punch game all the way through, but in the fourth quarter, Flacco misses a crucial touchdown, and Oakland get a last-minute touchdown of their own, giving Jack Del Rio and his boys the first win of the season as a Raiders head coach. Oakland come away and sneak this 37-33. to 33. Come on now to San Diego versus Cincinnati, and I would not like to be Mickey Big Dog Hog having Jeremy Hill in my fantasy team as he finished with two fumbles in the game, forcing Bernard to come in. Great performance by Bernard. AJ Green, what a touchdown catch. The toe drag in the back of the end zone. Unbelievable. He made Andy Dalton look good, and to be fair, I've got a lot of respect for him because he does that on a consistent basis. So fair play, AJ Green. Stevie Johnson also got another touchdown for San Diego, liking what he's doing there. And Rivers broke the Chargers record for most touchdowns in a career for the Chargers. It's now at 256 and will only get bigger. Cowboys at Eagles. Now, this was game. Big talking point was about the fact that Romo got hurt, but Brandon Weeden came in and steered that ship to safety. Eagles ended up hurting themselves with three turnovers at crucial points in the game when they looked like they were coming back, which only meant to sink them further. This came away with Dallas winning 20 points to 10. We come on now to a battle between two Heisman Trophy winners, and that is the Tennessee Titans and the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland got off to the fast flyer with Manziel's first pass going over 50 yards to Benjamin for a great touchdown down the field, a matchup apparently, according to the commentary, they liked Benjamin against Sensabar. They found that again later in the game. Benjamin had two big TDs. Manziel had a good day. Fumbles from the Titans also killed them. Mariotta didn't have a great day, was getting hit all day long. Final score in this one, 28-14 to Tennessee. Seahawks at Packers. Now, scores were going toing and throwing in this game, but it was the Packers who came up dominant, closing out the fourth quarter in this very tight NFC matchup, a sort of revenge match from last year. Packers, they knew how to get it done. Aaron Rodgers looking great through the air. Unfortunately, Eddie Lacy going out hurt early on in the game. However, it didn't matter because they came up winners 27-17. Just quickly, the Eddie Lacy injury, did you see that? The way they the roll with the ankle. ankle. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Mm. Eddie Lacey, we do hope you get better soon because mm. injuries are never a laughing matter. So Not on those weak points. Exactly. So Detroit versus Minnesota. Great game for Minnesota fans at the University of Minnesota out there in the cold until they get their new stadium built. Why am I talking about the stadium? Because there's not really much of Detroit to talk about. Bridgewater had a great game. <laughs> Did very well, looked composed, saw the returns of form of Adrian Peterson. They hooked up on a couple of big plays despite uh, the fumble and the extra fumble that was called back for a penalty. But only thing to say, Megatron, another great catch. How he made that, I've got absolutely no idea. You really need to check that out on the highlights and I will try and put it in the show notes for you. Minnesota. Minnesota 26, Detroit 16. Jets versus Colts. 
Uh, free Andrew Luck interceptions give New York the full momentum in this game as the defense was on full fire, creating five total takeaways in the game, uh, allowing just uh, the New York Jets uh, Fitzpatrick to just sort of like maintain the game and just be able to come away with a very comfortable win away from home. It was New York Jets 20, Indianapolis 7. The Jets 10 takeaways in two weeks. If only I knew someone that had the foresight to pick them in their fantasy team. I wonder who, who that might have been. Would that be the same guy that beat me thanks to a stat correction last week? I'm not sure. Yeah, it's me. It's me. He's blown, he's blown my own trumpet for me. Thank you. Um, but yeah, it's Jets defense. Wow. I mean, we, I mean, it's always been a staple of their like team, but hell, this is good. Let's finish off now with Tampa versus New Orleans battle of the NFC South. <laughs> Jameis Winston looked a lot more composed this week. 14 out of 21 passes, 207 yards, touchdown. Importantly, no giveaways. Saints for me need to find that big play receiver. Now they've lost Jimmy Graham. They just didn't seem to be able to get anyone open downfield at all. They need to really look at what they're doing there. It's all very well and good having an O-line, but if you've got no one for Breeze to pass it to, does it really matter if you're keeping him on his feet? <laughs> That's pretty much all I've got to say about that one. Saints now 0-2. Join us when we come back, when we will have our weekly musings. Oh, y'all want the play? Okay, here we go. We've got gun, Hulk left slot. Dixie left, key left. Mercedes, wide chip, Ricky. Zebra left, 75, Katie. Omaha, quick way. We come on now to what I am calling our weekly musings. That's myself and Marcus's thoughts from the week two action. You know, what caught our eye, what maybe ground our gears, a bit like one of Marcus's segments from last year's. Just general thoughts around the week two action. Marcus, you mentioned it earlier, so I'm going to come back to the Tony Romo injury. It uh, looks like he's fractured his collarbone, is going to be out for at least eight weeks. Cam Whedon hold that ship steady for the next eight weeks in his absence. Yes, because really all he's got to do is he's just got to be a game manager. You know, they're not going to ask him to do everything. That's that's not how they're going to uh, run it. You look at what actually controlled the game for them. It was the defense. The defense is what's actually stepping up. I mean, you're sitting there now looking at like um, a defense that only allowed sort of 10 points this week against the, the Philadelphia offense. Now, I know the Philadelphia offense is, you know, it's all supposed to be all singing, all dancing. And I know they haven't really achieved that. However, you're still sitting there going. It's also the the defense that put a stop to Manning on that what should have been a game-winning drive in week one. So that is, for me, all they're going to ask Whedon to do is come in, not make mistakes, not make turnovers, keep us moving when it's possible, and the run game along with a few really choice people sort of stepping up, i.e. the Terrence William, that great touchdown to really sort of like put the game away for me, sort of cemented, right, these guys know what they're doing. I think they're going to be okay. And it helps that they've got the return of Sean Lee at middle linebacker this year after his injury last. Oh yeah, you saw that impact straight away. The interception in the end zone, just case in point. Oh yeah, just completely steps in front of the receiver, just read it so well. That's exactly what your middle linebackers to do. Going to stick with quarterbacks and come on to our good old friend, Jay Cutler went out with an injury this week looks like he's injured his hamstring and is out for a couple of weeks would the Bears have still lost had Cutler got injured possibly possibly not but it would have been a hell of a lot closer because before he got injured he was 8 of 9 only say missed one pass was looking actually pretty good they were going score for score with the Cardinals and then an inconspicuous injury yeah I mean you, you saw the run game was non-existent in that game I mean uh, Arizona had shut it down so really the only way to attack them was vertically through the air you got to remember these are these are first first team wide receivers working with a first team quarterback therefore that synchronicity is that a real word synchronicity, synchronicity? I think it is yeah, yeah, we'll yeah it's, it's a real word maybe. if not it is now um, put it in the dictionary <laughs> what's your name Ian Dowie <laughs> um, but that sort of 
connection is kind of lost. And I think that advantage you have using that wide receiver to quarterback, spacing, sonar awareness, that's gone. So now you're just trying to run routes um, to the most effectiveness as you can, a basic route. You know, it's a, a post, it's a corner, it's a, it's a hook, it's a, a whatever you want to be doing. You know, the timing's going to be off. The sort of feel of the presence is going to be off between those two. I think there's just the advantage you have playing offense is gone when you have to have second stringers come in thinking of all the different routes there's a route this week that caught my eye and just purely because of its name i think it's going to become one of my favorite routes of all time and that is the jerk route <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> the old kind of start step fake outside go inside uh into like a little curl it just ah, oh, just the name in itself again it's something i think i really need to try and find some kind of explanation on just to do it full justice but there was a big score from the jerk route this week <laughs> did you like the jerk you like a good jerk yeah <laughs> he is ladies and gentlemen back. you heard it here first <laughs> the bullhawk likes a good jerk that is correct <laughs> <laughs> oh i can always just... thank my co-host for pointing out things like that good work buddy nice one yep. <laughs> moving swiftly on to some of your thoughts from this week you know what? We don't actually always sync these up, but this is actually the synchronicity has worked perfectly because mine is actually all about quarterbacks. And specifically this week, the amount of quarterback fails. I mean, the amount of quarterbacks that were giving away like two or more sort of turnovers was unbelievable. I've made a couple, I've made a list one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight quarterbacks. And then if you think about it, we've got 16 games. It's like half the quarterbacks, right? In those games. I Did mean, you count Mar- fumbles as turnovers just quickly? Yes, of course. So can I try and name them? People who had multiple turnovers, interception, fumbles, quarterbacks. Go. Yeah. Go with Andrew Luck. Mariotta. Oh, man. Now I'm stuck. <laughs> Even though I shouldn't be. I want to go with, oh, help me out here. Ryan Mallet. No, he had an interception and he fumbled, but he didn't lose the fumble. Oh, man, I was so close on that one. I was going to try and say this one to the end, but I've got to say it. Tyrod Taylor. Brady. <laughs> Only the one for him, then. Yeah. Ah, uh, right. Okay, fair enough. Ooh. Do you want me to put you out your misery? I think the audience would probably prefer you to put me out my misery. I've got three out of eight. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> we, yeah, three out of eight. We've also got Alex Smith with two interceptions, Sam Bradford with two interceptions and a fumble. Yeah, Colin Kaepernick threw away two fumbles. Eli Manning had two fumbles and Philip Rivers with an interception and a fumble. That's a lot of mistakes from, usually in the NFL, for God's sake, you're supposed to be the best of the best. And the fact is that quarterback, I know it's a cutthroat position, you know, because when stuff is going great, you are like the god in that town. However, if stuff's not going great, the first person they're going to look at is, quarterback we need to change quarterback even out of the coach i think it's the most probably the most pressurized position for a player is quarterback behind the most pressurized guy on the team being the coach would you agree absolutely and i think the fans probably look a lot more to the quarterback than they do the head coach because the head coach can kind of palm off responsibility and that you'll find that it's more the coordinators that would get more of a earache than than it would be the actual head coach unless things are going extremely wrong and they make some bad draft decisions with the gm but ultimately yeah the quarterback is the most scrutinised position in the game 100% because of the responsibility. You're the face of the franchise. You're kind of the heart and soul of the franchise. Everyone looks up to you. Even defensive players like myself will look up to you as being the the voice of the franchise. So definitely. Yeah, but I just thought that was weird, you know? I mean, you 16 games. And to be fair, most of them, actually, if you look at it as well, losing quarterback, losing quarterback, losing quarterback, losing quarterback, losing quarterback. They all lost, actually. Yes, I can see now every one of those lost no surprise turnovers and that's the thing actually this year i'm noticing a lot more of and over the last couple of years the amount of defenders that are trying to hold people up so that they can wait for a second defender to come along and try and strip the ball out 
I love how defenders are trying to make plays happen, knowing that they can't use the big hit anymore because they have to be so careful with not making helmet to helmet contact, shoulder to helmet contact and things like that. You've got to think of alternate ways to get the ball and stripping seems to be the big one. So you love a jerk. Players love to strip. This is getting, this is getting out of hand. <laughs> and what do you love, Marcus? Well, you can have to, oh, you love to tune move in on later okay. and find out for Spitball After Dark. <laughs> Spitball. Limited edition. After Dark, <laughs> exclusively on our YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> pay-per-view, pay-per-view, of course. <laughs> First one needs to be free to get the viewers in. Oh! I think I'm worth something. <laughs> yes, I'm sure you are moving swiftly on. Shall we, we move swiftly on? I want to talk about Kiko Alonso and how unlucky this guy is because he constantly makes great plays and had a phenomenal one-handed interception in that game against the Cowboys, but managed to partially tear his ACL again and looks like he's going to be out for a very long time. You've got to feel sorry for a kid who's done nothing but make plays since he's been, or during the time he's had in the league. Yeah, there is some big knocks this year, some serious knocks, you know, um... I think we didn't we gripe about this last week where we just like what is up with all the injuries Kiko Alonso in particular for me I just think yeah, well, soon, always bud. makes yeah exactly and he always makes plays that's what the worst thing about it is yeah yeah I mean he, he he's going to be a hell of an addition lost yeah 100% I just finally want to finish off because I see we're running a bit short of time for this segment but 0-2 teams this season now they come up with a little stat on red zone. It's less than twenty percent of teams that start the season zero and two actually make the playoffs. Now, here is a list of some of those little gems: the Seahawks, the Saints, and the Colts. Three teams you would expect to make the playoffs are all started zero and two. So, do you think they're going to turn that stat around? I think at least one of them. I mean, the other one as well. You're forgetting that's zero and two is the Detroit Lions who coming into this year. I thought we're going to be competitive in the North. Yeah, it's a good point. I mentioned them on the blog. Forgot to write them in my show notes. <laughs> Poor form. I think out of them, one of them might throw up a contention, and it would be someone like the Seahawks because the West is so competitive. Yeah, the Rams you know, win a couple of those division games, beat the Rams, beat the beat the Niners a couple of times, maybe. Stick it to the Cardinals. I think they got the Cardinals coming up this week, or is that my imagination? No, Cardinals got San Francisco this week. I knew it was a divisional round. So I like to jerk, players like to strip, and the Seahawks are going to give it to the. <laughs> the They're going to give it to the Cardinals <laughs> and the 49ers. <laughs> I apologise for our smut this week. I really do. Sorry, this definitely cranked Sorry. the smut up to a whole new level. And with that, when we come back, we will have our impact players and our. Who are you? I don't even know your name. What's your name? Turn around. Let me see your name. Turn around. Let me see your name. Turn around. I don't know you, bro. You're having one of those days. Hey, baby. You're having one of those days. I say that to say this. If you wouldn't have did what you would have did, then we wouldn't have been where we was at to get what we got. That just don't make no sense, dog. Marcus, put your shoe on. Put it on. Jeez. I can't face with this clothes. <laughs> I'm a teeth. I think I trim my tooth. I wish I had some gold so you can buy me some teeth. It's now time for our... And I think, Marcus, I let you go first last week. So in order of turning things around, I think I'm going to jump on and go first this week. And I am going to go with my... Being the Seattle Seahawks over the Chicago Bears 
by my biggest yeah and that is 80 to 20 in favor of the seahawks i'm expecting them to beat the bears by 21 points or more i mean they're, they're both owing two teams one of these guys is gonna have a win by the end of the day um, Where are they? and you know what see seahawks are gonna want it no i don't think there'll be a tie <laughs> no no seahawks you know what there is some serious, it's like um, a shark and there's a bit of blood in the water. These guys are frenzied up now because you you know, we've been to Seattle. We know how much of a sporting town that is. They couldn't have had a nice week with the press, you know, seeing them 0-2. They just themselves, I think they're one of those teams that they feel like we're better than this. So they're going to be like, you know what, guys, this is. And we know we played like we need a win and it's at home. Yeah, fair enough. But I just think especially with the fact that there's no cutler, that Chicago team is just going to get beat up, battered and bruised, and it's going to be an absolute slaughtering. But how about yourself, Marcus? For me this week, uh, I, again, I've got a quite pretty confident. Um, and my swing is the Cincinnati Bungles, I mean, sorry, Bengals, <laughs> over the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the reason is Baltimore, they just there's nothing working there. The offensive line looks shot to pieces. And I like Cincinnati to control that line of scrimmage, uh, especially on offense. And like you say, Dalton being the good Andy Dalton going into Baltimore and having a nice of about 65% I think in the Bengals favour we're talking 10 to 10 to 17 point win for these guys putting the Ravens to 0-3 if they lose that because of course the Ravens are another team that are 0-2 at the moment this is a rebuild year for the Ravens I don't think there's, there's too many uh, veterans who are sort of on the way out there's too much youth that needs a little bit more experience and a lot of key names have gone Suggs that's a big one well yeah he's injured isn't he so that's why he's not um, wasn't a part of the last game and moving forward again uh, doesn't look like it's going to be around for a while so okay we'll come on now then to our impact player and who is yours Marcus my impact player of the week is going to be Travis Benjamin, wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> I'm wiping my brow of sweat because I had a small link and I thought, especially as you mentioned him earlier, are we going to go for the same player? Oh no, yes, he's gone for someone else. Hurrah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, he had to be an impact player because you know what? When you can affect the game, not just in one sense, uh, but also with uh, 100 15 receiving yards and two touchdowns and six punts for 154 yards and a touchdown. You know, when you score in like, more than one side of the ball, you know, you create that, that momentum shift. You bring that with you. You bring that energy. Two big receiving touchdowns as well. The crowd was fired up. He, he, he got the Cleveland Browns fired up. That's a hell of an impact. Yeah, each of his touchdowns was at least 40 yards long, wasn't it? Both of the touchdown receptions and then the pump return, I think, was about 70 yards or something there or thereabouts. Yes. Up to the minute reporting there from Marcus Henson. <laughs> Glad you're on the ball, buddy. Um, so this week, my impact is Alan Robinson of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I thought only fair to give a shout out where it's due. Um, this guy made um, six receptions. 155 yards, two touchdowns, and some of the catches he made, there was a great diving catch down the sideline, which again, I'm going to put a link to in the show notes, I think. All the catches he made, I don't think he made a bad one, did he? <laughs> Certainly none of them looked routine. I've got to say, one of his touchdowns, he's pretty much being manhandled off the ball as well. So, I mean, blatant uh, pass interference. But yeah, there's a connection there. I think that's a, that's a great one to look for. Any of you guys looking out there in fantasy land? Want a flex player, maybe? Bortles seems to have found his guy, hasn't he? Yeah, and it's a pain in the derriere, isn't it? Because someone in our league, Wolfie, 
uh, managed to pick him up straight away in the draft. So it was like, uh, now he's starting to come good. Doesn't bode well for the rest of us in our Spartans league, does it? No, this is the thing. It's like, you know what? Every year, someone who you've never heard of is going to step up and you're going to be like, week one, who was that? Week 16, that guy's a legend. Yeah, 100%. I mean, he did make a few good receptions last year and had a couple of big games, but it looks like he's going to be a lot more consistent this year, doesn't it? So congratulations to Robinson and Benjamin for being this week's Impact. Players! Spanhead Productions are a small, independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spanheadproductions.com. Weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. Well, that wraps it up from us for another week. We hope you've enjoyed our take on the week two action. Want to thank Marcus. As always, it's been an absolute pleasure, sir. Hey, it's muy bien. Come again, but in English, please. You know it I don't speak great. Spanish. <laughs> no, awesome. Don't know why I went Spanish there. All of a sudden, take uh, over my brain. Ah! I would also like to thank our producer, Mark Taylor from Spamhead Productions. Don't forget, we are downloadable on iTunes and our more recent shows are rebroadcast on the Awake Radio Network. Remember... Hey guys, if you want to get a hold of Audrey or Marcus, send them an email at ballhawksnest at gmail.com. And until next time, football fans, stay safe, take care, and thanks for stopping by. (laughs) 